Well, hello folks, and why not? Welcome to We The Peeps. This is, of course, the American Soccer Podcast in which you are going to get to know everything that you need to know about the U.S. national team. I'm Clayton, and I'm all alone, uh, but only in physical form. Uh, of course, I'll be joined spiritually and digitally by the Quamdas for this very short nugget of an episode in which Kwame will preview for you, the peeps. U.S.W.N.T. versus France. Oh, my lanta. Oh, my God. It's happening. It's only a 10-minute episode, but you still get a theme song anyway for your trouble. Because we love the Nats. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. That's correct, folks. You heard me right. It's just me all alone here at WTP headquarters. We the Peeps headquarters, as usual. Blah, blah, blah. Rate, review, follow on Twitter at WTP pod. Blah, 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 blah. Tomorrow, hopefully today, and hopefully not yesterday, for you the listener, there is an enormous match upon us. Tis, of course, the U.S. WNT versus La France, Les Bleus, Le Francois. That's not in any language a word for the country France, uh, but it's what I said. So check it out, y'all. Kwame graciously sent me a 10-minute uh, a preview of this incredibly monumentous World Cup match that I must, must, must share with you. Shortly following the end of the match, there will be a double feature sewed in which myself and Ty will discuss the U.S. MNT versus Panama. That was kind of fun and odd. And uh, myself and Kwame will discuss, hopefully, hope, hope, hopefully, the epic win in the game of the summer versus Les Bleus. But we'll see how this all plays out. In order to get you, the peeps, as ready as possible for this incredible match, I had to share with you this clip that Kwame sent to me uh, for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the dulcet tones of your boy, the soccer doctor. Hi, so this is Kwame, your Women's World Cup super fan and correspondent. Uh, just hopping on for a brief segment. Uh, at the last episode of She the People, we covered a lot of ground, uh, and we covered so much territory that we ran out of time to preview the next match for the women's team, which is a huge one, so just going to take a few minutes to uh, share my thoughts on this upcoming game, the USA against France in the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Uh, everyone is talking about this game uh, previews and uh, pundits talking everywhere and this is a game that deserves it uh, it's going to be huge most people think that the winner of this game is the odds-on favorite to go on and win the world cup so uh, we've if you've been listening to the she the people episode so far you're pretty familiar with the u.s team and my thoughts about the u.s team so most of what I'm going to talk about today is uh, having to do with France uh, and giving a little window into the French team. Uh, hopefully you've had a chance to watch them, but if not, or if only very briefly, uh, a quick uh, rundown. So 
where to start? Uh, there's a lot of things to talk about with this French team. Where I often start is that France is deep and they're athletic. Uh, maybe not quite as deep as the U.S., but maybe um, player for player a little bit more athletic than the U.S. Maybe the only team that uh, player for player could be faster uh, than the U.S. Uh, another important strength of the French team uh, is that the core of their team, uh, out of their typical starting 11, seven of them all play club football together at uh, Lyon uh, in the French League, uh, and they've won the Champions League uh, for women, I think, at least five years in a row, maybe six. So they're very familiar with each other, uh, not just as a national team, but a lot of um, a lot of patterns of play that are honed in from their club team over years and years, and they are used to winning. Um, so when it comes to the French versus the USA, over the past few years, um, we've had a pretty even record against France. Uh, like most teams, if you look at the historical record going back and back, the U.S. has many more wins. But if you look the last three, four years, it's pretty tight. Uh, and when France has beaten the U.S., on several occasions, they've beaten us pretty soundly, uh, including the most recent time we played them, which was in January. Uh, the U.S. went to France, and they beat us 3-1 to one, um, pretty soundly. It could have been more. Uh, Alyssa Nair had a bunch of really clutch saves. I actually think that was her best game that I've seen. Uh, and the U.S. had a goal from Mallory Pugh, I think, in the 91st minute. So it, it was a game that... Uh, was under France's control for most of it. Uh, so this is definitely a team that can beat us, knows they can beat us, we know they can beat us, but we also know that we can beat them and they're aware of it too. So a word tactically about France. Typically their formation, they play a 4-2-3-1. Uh, can't go through all of the players uh, of note for them, but let me just name a few. Um, so uh, Les Sommers, um is a player that usually plays on the left wing in that formation. Uh, she, over the last few years, has been a player that has uh, torched us uh, with her speed, and she's a very clinical finisher. Um, she's played center forward at times, but currently they have her on the left, and she really likes to cut in on her right foot um, and get in between the lines and the center back. Uh, Diane uh, is her counterpart on the right wing. Uh, last time we played, she scored two goals against us, uh, and in the game against Brazil, which was France's game prior to this, uh, she was really torching Brazil. She's very strong, fast, direct player, um, really challenges the left back, good at crosses, but also uh, good in tackles, good in the air. Amandine Henri is their captain, uh, one of the two deep-lying midfielders in the double pivot. Uh, very solid all-around player, can tackle, can score, can distribute. Um, you know, really solid. She scored the game-winning goal for France against Brazil uh, in their elimination game. And then uh, also just mentioned that on the left, um, fullback um, Majri is in that position for France, and on the right, Torrent. Um, I don't speak French, so my pronunciation is probably murderous, but uh, so are those two um, fullbacks. Swami again, cutting in to say... Uh, particularly Majri on the left, who 
pairs and combines with Les Omer. It's a very dangerous combination. Um, so their left fullback, Marjorie, she wears the number 10. Uh, and uh, how many number, how many left fullbacks wear number 10? Uh, so you, you know that she's a dangerous player. Uh, so how would we attack France? What are their weaknesses? They're a very good team. There are very few weaknesses. Um, one uh, question mark for them is a relatively small question mark is uh, uh, their number 10 um, Tine, uh, she has struggled a bit over the past few years. Uh, she's been on the team for a long time um, and has been a very key number 10 for them. But she's coming towards the end of her career a little bit. Uh, the team actually tried to move on from her, tried to find another person to play that role, and they couldn't really do it, so they brought her back. Uh, kind of like the U.S. did with Ali Krieger, except for uh, Tine is a starter where Krieger is a backup. Uh, so it's not that she's not a very good player, but it, she's not uh, at the height of her powers, and there's a question about how effective she's been uh, throughout the tournament so far. Uh, Wendy Renard uh, is France's most seasoned center back. Uh, she's a very tall, imposing uh, player. I think she's over six feet, maybe six two. Uh, also, um, Covers a lot of ground, long strides, very experienced. Normally a pillar of strength, was formerly the captain for this team, but she's had a bit of a shaky tournament so far. Um, she's missed a penalty kick. Uh, she had an inexplicably terrible own goal, um, one of the um, just uh, brain freeze moments um, that, that I've seen that I can recall. Uh, and against Brazil, she could have been sent off uh, for a uh, high tackle that caught a Brazilian player pretty high up on the leg, you know, what we might consider an orange card. Um, you know, she got a yellow for it. Different referee. I'm not. I don't think. I'm not saying it was a definite red, but you've seen players sent off. So, and she has looked a little shaky, and that I think represents France's historical weak point in World Cups in knockout tournaments is that at the pressure moment, they have wilted and not gone as far as their talent says that they should. Um, this has been the case for years and years. There have been a lot of devastating disappointments. Uh, and in watching the game against Brazil, they, to me, for large stretches of the game, looked very nervy, very shaky, very tense. Uh, deer in headlights a little bit. They very easily could have lost. Um, wouldn't say that they should have lost, but they could have lost. Brazil had a number of very dangerous opportunities. Uh, so there have been signs of a wobble from France. However, I don't expect that against the U.S. Um, I expect France to be sharp, uh, and I expect a fight. I expect the U.S. to be sharp. Um, both teams are comprised almost entirely of very confident uh Players who are very talented, know they're talented, and are used to winning. Uh, and I think both of them have been very aware for a long time that the road to the World Cup uh, trophy goes through the other team. Uh, we saw that definitively when the draw came out. Everyone saw that this quarterfinal was pretty likely. But I would say this even that sense that the other is their main obstacle uh, goes back even further than the draw. Probably goes back a couple of years. Um, and a 
to highlight that, uh, going back to that last friendly in January, which I mentioned earlier, where France beat us 3-1, to one, what was notable in that game is that France pretty much had their starting lineup and starting main formation. The U.S. really did not. Um, aside from Alex Morgan, Lindsey Horan, Abby Dahlkamper, and Becky Sauerbrunn, um, none of the expected starters in this game uh, featured in that game. And we also moved people around. We had a 19-year-old left back. We put Crystal Dunn in the midfield. It was very experimental, but I also think that Coach Ellis didn't want to tip her hand. She wanted to hold back. She didn't want France to be able to scout us up close and personal because I think she knew that this was certainly a prospective um, matchup. So what um, does the U.S. need to do to win? Uh, they need to play well. Uh, every player needs to play well. We can't have um, lapses. Uh, we need to have a good understanding of what we need to do. Um, and we need to be flexible. Uh, so in terms of the lineup, you know, we've been playing this 4-3-3 and really in the main games, the only thing that has changed a little bit has been um, the midfield. We have four great midfielders and picking which three. I wouldn't be surprised if we showed up in a 4-3-3, um, uh, but I I couldn't say for certain what midfield formation we have. I would not be shocked if we saw Lindsey Horan at the six and Julie Ertz out and then Samantha Mewis and Rose Lavelle um, attacking, but uh, really actually any combination of those four, uh, of three of those four, I wouldn't be surprised to see. On the flip, uh, uh, in contrast also, I would not be surprised if we see the U.S. come out in a formation that we haven't seen yet in the World Cup. In the tournament run-up, and actually even going back several years, the U.S. has flexed in and out of many different lineups, usually not to start games, but in the midst of games. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if the coach has been holding something back and is going to throw out a formation to say, France, you haven't seen us like this, deal with this, whether that's at the beginning of the game or at a key point. Um, so that would be interesting to see, but I think the more important thing and um, what I hope to see which I, frankly, I'm not sure that we've seen from the U.S. so much, is an ability to adapt tactically to what the other team is doing. Uh, to read the game, to read what the opponent is doing and say, okay, we're going to change this, we're going to change this formation or tactical approach, as opposed to saying, uh, let's stick with what we're doing, but let's just do it better. Uh, I, you know, I worry that... Um, the tactical adjustments we make on the fly haven't always been great. I think we always don't get a lot of practice doing it because we're often not in trouble. We're often quite comfortable. Um, we're often playing at home in front of friendly crowds. Uh, and so that's a big thing that we're facing uh, in this matchup. Uh, lastly, I'll say, you know, it'd be very interesting to see what the crowd is like. Um, tickets for this game are at a premium. Um, some people have said that they expect the state to be pretty split, 50-50, um, um, but it also could be a very predominantly French crowd. Whatever it is, I think it's going to be loud. Uh, the U.S. has rarely played in front of hostile crowds, uh, and 
but I think that we will in this game. I wonder how we'll deal with adversity. Um, it's certainly possible that we could go down 2-0 to France, and then what's our reaction going to be? We could go up 2-0. We could go up 2-0 against France. What's our reaction going to be? How are we going to protect the lead? Uh, so as I'm rambling on and on, and this was supposed to be five minutes, and it's much longer than that, I hope you can tell how excited I am for this game. It's going to be a great game. Uh, I think this is going to be a game that we uh, talk about for a long time if it lives up to its potential, and I think it's set up for that. So uh, Friday afternoon, um, I hope you can clear out your work schedules, uh, call in sick, do whatever you need to uh, if you have to record it, turn off your phone, go into a, you know, a cone of silence, uh, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you for an episode after the game. Well, folks, there you have it. Kwame Kwamdas, the soccer doctor, thank you so much for phoning on in. And uh, not to mention a little visit from the Swami Jurgen, who we love so much. Somehow made it on there in the course of the, this digital file being transferred to me via email. Uh, he lives out there in the ether, and he finds his way in. There are many things I love, including funny-shaped rings, rings at which you can't quite find the right day for, but one day that day will come, I swear to you. So buy that cheap, funny-looking ring and wear it when you can. I also love clipping my nails, both toenails and finger. And I don't have any other kind of nails, but if I did, I would probably enjoy clipping them. And lastly, I quite like fads. Very much. Fads of all kind. Lots of fads feature cute things, some fads feature cool things, and some fads feature inexplicable things, like fidget spinners. But I love them all because I love fads. But tell you what, I don't love any of that stuff as much as I love the gnats. Let's go elites. It's game time, baby. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people.